did you get a chance to listen to any? Do you have any idea what you're expecting here? Not at all. Okay, awesomeness. Great. That is the way it works. The closest <laughs> I've gotten is, is doing um, doing Don and, and Lana's. It, it's actually not dissimilar to what they do. Only um, they're far more attractive and classy. <laughs> yes. So let me see if I can remember this. And uh, welcome to the uh, Extreme Tab Scotch Tasting Podcast. Close enough. For Close Perrin. enough. Yeah. Because I'm not Dave, thank God. I'm Perrin. And I'm Sidious. And as Perrin pointed out, we are Sans Dave, so shit will be off the rails the entire podcast in a completely different way than normal. Uh, we have a guest with us, as we typically do. Uh, guest, introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Kelly McCullough. I write novels, uh, mostly science fiction and fantasy, mostly for adults and middle graders, both for... Um, Penguin Ace and for Macmillan's Firewall and Friends. And that keeps me largely off the streets and entertained, but <laughs> not entirely. Cool, cool. And specifically, um, Kelly and I got in contact with one another because of Die Laughing last year? Uh, I imagine it was. I think last year. Okay, so I don't think I kept you hanging for two years. No, I'm pretty sure it was just last year. <laughs> so. Uh, you should have, but. <laughs> So that kind of was, was foreshadowing uh, the fact that leave me hanging. So um, at Die Laughing last year, uh, Kelly was kind enough to put up for auction uh, the name of a character in uh, one of his upcoming books. Oh, uh, very nice. To which I made sure I won. So there will be a there's, character. There's a character named Douchey McDouchepants? <laughs> no. <laughs> there is a... I won, not Dave. Oh, oh, oh. oh. What we have is a large, uh, evil talking badger who is currently Cedius uh, Lud de Raven. Nice! Very nice. So, <laughs> so I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I look forward to it. I, yeah, I, I, I will be getting that book, of course. Yeah. So. Well, one would hope. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Uh, so, so, the way we do this is uh, after the pour, we will nose it, taste it neat. Um, then we will babble about it, mm -hmm. and then we will add some water, nose it, taste it wet. That sounds fabulous. I am I am a very much a Scotch fan. I was awesome. married in Leith, just north of Edinburgh, a shockingly long time ago at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is very cool. I have been to Scotland, and my wife is a Grant, so it's practically practically like being married in Scotland. There you go. <laughs> so. I was getting a banana hint, like, right off the bat. I don't know if it's still there. Yeah. No. It's a pleasant nose. Very light. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of fire for me. Maybe a, maybe a faint floral note? Mm-hmm. That's, that's well beyond my nose. My taste buds may get it. But. Yeah, we're full of shit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed oh, to say it, but right. the mic's live. Oh, no, no, we, we totally do. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, we we try and, and you know, well, what's really funny is when you read professional um, Scotch stuff. They are also full of shit. Well, yes, but they they pretend like, like they can smell 97 different things, and I'm like, well, I got two. I feel I feel triumphant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I spent some time with sommeliers uh, oh. gone. Well, that's that's a very interesting suggestion you have there. Smells like wine to me. 
Let me see if there's anything more I can pull out of the nose. Like the, the banana has faded out and I'm getting just mm. a sweetness and some floral, but. Yeah, that's, that's it. I'm enjoying it. I'm just having a hard time categorizing it. It's nice, it reminds me um, of Glenn Grant a little bit. Uh, a little harsher, mm -hmm. but and a little more a little more fire on the back end. Yeah. Um, kind of a fruity fruity palette. Yeah. That's what struck mm -hmm. me. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna point out that what we're drinking oh. is, is the Highland Park fifteen. Yeah. Um, and it does not taste like a Highland Park to me, which is the weird part. That's 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 the bit that I was I was expecting a certain flavor oh, profile. And I was told that the fifteen is the one that is different. Mm-hmm. It's a forty-three percent, so that that explains a little bit of the. I, ha I have actually had this once before at the Highland Park Distillery. Nice. Uh, I was amused you mentioned Glen Grant because that's the one distillery, well, the one whiskey trail distillery I've been to. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm quite fond of them. Um, I think they're about fourth on my list now after uh, the Scapa Twelve and uh, the Dalwini Fifteen. Oh, well, uh, the Delbody 15 yeah. is good. And the, so the Glenlivet 21 is really nice, too. Mm -hmm. Very yeah, similar flavor that profile. Um, this is so much nicer than a wine podcast. I actually know a little something <laughs> about what I'm talking about as opposed to, I think it's red. <laughs> it's always been one of my favorite, um, you know, long story short, I saw a, a live chess combat game, and there was a drinking contest as one of the battles, and the one of the people grabbed it and gulped it down, and the other person took it, sipped it, and described every flavor and <laughs> nuance, the, the color of the hair of the person who tramped the grapes. And the other person <laughs> looked and went, Red? <laughs> um, yeah, um, I, I'm getting kind of, yeah, this is kind really of, hard to describe. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasant, fruity, uh, little burn on the back end. Yeah, but it doesn't really have smoke. It doesn't really no. have iodine or peat. No, it's pleasantly inoffensive. I'd happily drink this if somebody handed handed it to me. Oh yeah. And if the price was right, I'd happily buy it and drink it myself. I'm not, and I would I would happily recommend this to somebody who wanted to try a single malt because it's not too much of anything. It's also not a whole lot of anything. Yeah, I, I, I'll have to disagree a little bit. I'm getting a little bit of a medicinal iodine-y mm. bit to it. Uh, it's a little bit more on the upfront than it is in the finish, but it's also still there for me. Um, there's a weird... It's almost like a corn pops sweetness to it. it it's really... I'm corn. Kind of, corn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good... This this is this is a scotch that would make my wife barely make the scotch face. Your wife too, huh? Uh huh. She's like, this one doesn't smell too bad. <laughs> I I rarely make whiskey face anymore, uh, and and to some degree I'm, I'm I miss it a little bit. It was, it was nice to have that whole like physical reaction to drinking the scotch. Oh. Now it's like. Oh, that's whiskey. Now they enjoy watching to see if I'm going to have it because yeah. <laughs> there have been a few scotches that have just made my head want to implode. Yeah, Perrin's the one who makes a good face around and, it. Okay. And, and, and not because I'm having a grand time either. Um, but yeah, I, the, that was the, the best part of the whiskey trail when we did the Glen Grant um, tour 
is at the end, you know, they give you a wee dram, and all of the, uh, you know, there were three couples, and my wife took her glass and poured it into mine. <laughs> and the two women with the other two gentlemen got these looks of, we can do that? <laughs> and, and poured it into their gentlemen's, and the two other gentlemen looked at me like I was the second coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everyone was happy. I'm trying to think. There's also some, like, I want to say... Dark toffee is the wrong thing, but it, there's there's this, like... Dark, sweet something. It's like, I, I'm, I'm interpreting it as floral. I'm not getting mm-hmm. the dark, the darker, sweeter tones, but I'm, I'm not going to say that you're wrong. I'm just saying that's not how it, it hit me. I, I, I would call it more. I, I'm not getting the sweet note so much. Barely burnt. Um, not, not, not smoky. Look like look Freud, but just that a touch of that. Like, like a toasted. Yeah. Maybe, maybe sort of the toasted um, corn grain realm. Yeah. Pleasant though. Maybe I, hazelnutty. Hazelnutty. Mm. I think you're high. Like <laughs> a hazelnut or almond. Maybe it's like a an, an almond or a, a, a nuttiness to it is what I'm. Hmm. So wet. Or are you still on dry? I'm, I'm still looking to see if I can find a way to describe <laughs> what I'm going. I'm I'm, I'm going to go with just there's there's a. To me, I'm getting like a. a it's just. just a touch sweet. It's not sweet sweet, but just like a touch sweet, and I'll, and I'll call it nutty for lack of anything better. Since now, you all think I'm nutty to, to well, say yeah. it, so. And and I use the cap only because I've had some infor- unfortunate water addition incidents, and he's he's hardcore. He just does it straight with the the bottle. Traditionally, what I do is dip a finger in and like three drops. We used to have an eyedropper. We we used to have an eyedropper, and then I got a, a young kitty. <laughs> it was even a Scotch branded eyedropper. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a Glenfiddich. Oh, very fancy. I know. We, we, we bought class. the package. We, we bought the package specifically for it, and then the cat destroyed it very quickly. Um, I really should just get some coffee straws. But. Mm, yeah. Well, the the nose is not gone, but it's it really knocks it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a nice. Pleasant, but um, hmm. I usually find water brings out the the starker tones, but with this, it, yeah. it, it's actually mellowing it. Mm. I'm I'm for me the floral is is the banana is mostly gone. Oh, so the banana came to the front. Well, no, for the nose. Oh, yeah, the banana's gone. Yeah, the 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 nose mostly just. Faded to almost obscurity. The light floral, yeah, the banana's gone. Little, but yeah, and the palate of the banana came out. Yeah, a little burn on the front. Um, mm. It got super smooth for me. Really? Yeah, smoother and sweeter. Mm. I think you added maybe a touch more water than I did, for sure. Maybe so. Not unpleasant, just that's the first thing that hit me when. Snack a little bit more on this lovely Havarti. Mm. No, but it certainly has not wiped out the the body. Yeah, it's still. I'm getting a little 
a little end point burn. Um, sweet floral notes. Um, I, I'm not getting any of the corn or maltiness. Yeah, I would say that that died quite a bit for me with it. Um, just, my, my, I really just kissed. I maybe got five, six drops of water in here. But the, the pores were also a little bit smaller because it's pairing pores instead of Dave pores. So, well, it's first pour of the day. Also that. <laughs> I'm working my way in. So I, I discovered something actually when we were at the Highland Park Distillery. What's that? Which is if you're going to be traveling around doing distilleries, mm -hmm. you should absolutely bring with you someone who they will recognize as a, as a booze authority. We had a friend who was an international rum judge who was with us. And he was able to talk them into... Bring out the bring out bring out another level up. So we got we got to think four levels up because because he's like no 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 no. And also, international rum judge is a great job. It doesn't I, pay, but they fly them all over the world. And I just want a title, <laughs> of international rum judge. Yeah, Ryan Alexander was actually telling me a story at OmegaCon about hanging out with a rum judge. It just sounds like a class. What are you, rum judge? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not a wine judge, not a scotch judge. The rum judges—they're—they're they're kind of the lower lower end of the booze judge class. All right, so I did a palate cleanse with some cheese and some water, mm -hmm. and I take it back. The corn actually came out quite a bit for me, the, and the bananas disappeared. So maybe it's just my tongue has gotten saturated enough, even with the reset. Well, I found it very pleasant, very enjoyable. Um, so, let's see. The Orkneys. I always forget that Highland Park is in the Orkneys. Yeah. I enjoy saying Orkneys <laughs> as well. Well, if you're ever there, they prefer either the Orkney Islands or the Kingdom of Orkney. Hey, I'm sorry, I couldn't say Kingdom of Orkney without starting to laugh. I, 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 the Orkney Islands? I, yeah, but now, now, is it Highland Park that suggests, or is it, or is it the Scapa that really likes that? Um, that was Well, that was the, the pretty much all the natives. Anytime we said the Orkneys, we were corrected. Mm. Kingdom of Orkney. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like something in World of Warcraft. It does. No, we tried right above the kingdom of Orc Shin. Yeah, <laughs> we tried to get out out there actually when we were in Scotland, and then we found out that not only is there the ferry expensive, but it travel it leaves stupidly early. Yep. And since we were on vacation, we didn't do stupidly early. <laughs> in fact, we would get up and we would eat our our breakfast in the B and B, and then my wife would go back to sleep for an hour. <laughs> Just like worked for me, worked for her. So, oh, quite a pleasant, quite a pleasant <laughs> scotch. I'm going to be topical for a moment before Perrin gets into the in, in reading. Uh, we're recording this shortly after the Brexit vote, <laughs> and uh, for those of you who who kept this, I don't know if it's corrected itself by now, 
Uh, but the pound is not as favorable a currency as it once was. So if you go to websites that are pricing the scotch by the pound, you're actually doing a little bit better right now unless they've adjusted the prices to uh, adjust for it. So uh, the dollar is more favorable to the pound than it, than it was. Uh, that is yeah, a damn good idea. Mm-hmm. I may have to go snag something. If, well, although getting it shipped things. here is a pain in that, the butt. But with the difference in the price, the mm-hmm. shipping, it kind of... No, yeah. it is a wash from what it would have been. Mm-hmm. It's like getting free shipping, only not. Now, admittedly, like I said, the vote was at this point, as of recording, three, two days, three days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's possible that prices have uh, been adjusted accordingly. Uh, I, I went looking the first night, and uh, there were there were some things that I thought about buying, and didn't, and probably should get if I'm going to try. And also, for the record, those of you who wanted to try the King Alexander, I did find it at Total Wine, uh, and, and it was under $300. So, um, you could go... Get so, some. enjoy. <laughs> if you happen to have $300 burning all in your yeah, body. Yeah, it was, it was, I want to say, 260 or something, 270 uh, I thought about it. I really did. Because it is the best Dalmore I've had. But the Grand Reserve was not that much worse than... Oh, well, okay. Let me rephrase. The King Alexander is not that much better than the Grand Reserva, and the Grand Reserva is like 50 or 60. So the, the sheer number of bottles of Grand Reserva I get instead, uh, I, I decided against the King Alexander. But for those of you who want to give it a try, it is really good. So shall I do the pretentious reading now? Please do. So we do a pretentious reading of the the scotch. That's one odd. Um, and boy, let me tell you, whoever did the printing on the box on the box um, did not like you. Well, no, they were like, "Look, I can do this in different font sizes and and different different um, levels of italicis- italicization um, in italics and different font types." And I, they just were like, "Look, I can do all these things." It's as if you know the first time they had a computer. So. Bear with me. At Highland Park, we insist on an uncompromising approach to whiskey making. We are one of only a handful of distilleries that slowly malts its barley on the stone floor, physically, turning it by hand for a more balanced flavor. Next, we smoke it over local aromatic peat God, they really went to town on their bots changing. Hand cut from Habistur Moor to bring a frequent, a unique, fragrant heather character to the whiskey. Then it's placed in oak casks. Not just your usual bourbon casks, though. Sherry oak casks from Spain that cost ten times as much but bring a priceless natural color and flavor to our whiskey. Then comes the hardest part, leaving it be for 15 or more years to mature in the consistently cool Orcadian air. And even when it's ready, we're not! We choose and combine our best casks that leave them to settle and harmonize 
for just that little bit longer to deliver our complex whiskey. The result is a smooth, easy-to-drink single malt with a luxurious, light floral flavor and a gentle, smoky finish. It's the kind of dram you long for when you've worked as hard as us. Yeah, that really looks like it so, could be read in so, 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 a different so, accent. So, 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 so is every voice change there a different font? Yes, Excellent. and and size and <laughs> bolding and um, so, also, by the way, it has instructions for how to enjoy it. Ah, first hold your glass to the light to enjoy the color, golden glow. Then tilt and rotate it to see the beads of whiskey appear on the inside of the glass. The smaller they are, the higher the alcohol strength. And the slower they fall, the better the spirit quality. Next, add a drop of water and take three long sniffs. The first, just to get your nose used to the alcohol. But in the second, you'll discover camphor and peat. And in the third, citrus fruits fruits and flowers. Now taste the whiskey by chewing it in your mouth for four or five seconds. Then swallow. This easygoing spirit is gentle on the tongue, but will dry out your mouth to leave a rich, smoky feeling. And the intermediate desire, or and the immediate desire, to refill your glass. Wow, I'm that I'm having trouble with the whole chewing the whiskey thing. It's... <laughs> I, I mean, I've had chewy whiskeys. I, I honest to God, I, I I know what they mean. This ain't it. The, the only chewy booze I've ever had was, was Kvass, which is fermented mare's milk. Ooh. Um, oh, yes, yes. And the traditional stuff actually still has basically the yogurt it's fermented out of as oh, part of it. So it's literally <laughs> chewy. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've had uh, some really peaty whiskeys where you kind of feel like you could chew it, but... Or at least there's chewing happening in your mouth, and it'd be better if you were chewing the whiskey than the other way around. Yeah. And and I will also say that there is no gentle smoky finish. No, no I, I, I didn't. Get that's that that's cork dorkery. Yeah, I I will say that this took cork dorkery to a whole new level with the different font. I, I just saw the back of the box as he as he threw it. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it is all kinds of. Um, there's a reason you go with one or two fonts, people. Oh, uh, and um, and they even subdivided it with like vertical lines, breaking it into this half of the back and that half of the back, even though it's still one sentence. That's, I'm just, I'm counting at least eight fonts, uh, it, or at least eight flavors of font. Yeah, it really, it really seems like whoever was given this job, it's the first time they used what a Mac. Uh, <laughs> Quark Express! Quark Express! Someone gave me Quark Express! I'm so excited! And they just were like, I can't stop using different... Look, I can make it bigger and thin and tall and thick and it's just... Look what drop I can... shadow! Drop shadow! <laughs> Look what I can do with the illustrator. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh... I, I have to say, the, the nose notes were pretty cool. And the the flower the, yeah. they definitely had the floral yeah we, we, we I think I think we we hit the the nose pretty spot on a camphor is not a smell I'm I've, particularly familiar with so that's, maybe, that's what um, um, mothballs is that and maybe that's where I was getting that whole medicinal iodine thing maybe that's what I was actually camphor? getting is, is is that I'm not, I'm not sure if I, that's I, what I it, think you might yeah, be correct I, so. I wouldn't know oil of camphor or 
camphor if it like well was in the scotch I was drinking. <laughs> I, I I can't say it isn't, but I wouldn't. Yeah, it's it's like the the the, the people who who are professionals or write the articles or do the wine tasting and they list out the forty seven different flavors and you're like, oh okay. I guess you're good, because I didn't get any of that. I think they just have a really big dartboard with flavors on it. Mm-hmm. Spin, <laughs> spin the flavor wheel. Well, I, there is a point where I really, when you... I, you know, if, if, their, if their palette is so amazing that they can get, like, 17 different flavors and subtleties out of it, that's awesome. But... Boy, howdy! None of the rest of us do. And, and, and I'm remembering the uh, the double blind research a couple of years ago with sommeliers that suggests <laughs> that well, it, they may be getting 17 flavors. They're not, you know, consistent about identifying them at all. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like when um, with the sommeliers when when some of the um, California wines won, and nobody expected it because. California makes horrible wines at that, you know, it was believed. And it was when um, they had, you know, it truly was a blind taste test that suddenly, oh, I guess your your personal beliefs in what wines are good and bad has an impact. Who knew? Um, I will say, I have had some wines where there's three or four major notes. Oh, yeah. And you're like, wow, I'm, I'm, I... <laughs> Well, I'm stunned people want to drink this, but I can certainly identify <laughs> the things that you're telling me are in here. So, you know, to each their own. Right. There are some Cabernets. I, I'm not a big Cab fan. Yeah, right. It's too dry. But there are some people, I mean, there are people who love Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, I, I have found that my, uh, my red of choice is definitely Malbec. Uh, and, and South Americans in general um, uh, come in our... Uh, is it Caminare? Yeah. Um, I, I like those. Uh, and then also I, I found some Spanish reds that I like. With some See, that'd be, that'd be some uh, Rojas. Rojas. Yeah. I, That's where I'd, Don't like, to, I'd like to try some, some, I mean, the distillers are always looking for the newest thing they can make us buy. Um, and I would, I would love to try some scotches aged in non-traditional wines as a finish. Oh, yeah. I mean, what would a Malbec do? I, and for all I know, it would make it absolutely horrible. But, you know... I was going to say, we, we, we've, we've had several sherries. We've had right. several ports. Um, we've had a couple of Santorine. We've had some... Uh, we've had a Shiraz or two. We've had a Burgundy. But almost um, all of those I don't are know sweeter. Had, right. I don't know that we've had a Syrah. But yeah, we, we've never seen a Cab. We've never seen a Merlot. Um, the um, never Pinot Grigio, right? Um, or yeah, I mean, there's there's some very interesting hell, uh, like Beaujolais. So that one I don't even know is a wine. So uh, I yeah, like a Nouveau Beaujolais would yeah. be an interesting cask finish. Yeah, and and I mean, for all I know, they've tried you <laughs> tried all of these, and they're like, wow, this tastes like horse piss. <laughs> but um. 
Yeah, but it's, if they market it, they could probably. <laughs> this was a bad idea. Three hundred dollars special edition. The, the best horse piss you'll ever get. Yeah, I'm. This is a never to be repeated special <laughs> limited edition. <laughs> you must write for a living. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it is. We've had some discussions about when we drink some of these, and we're like, "Wow, this is really horrible." It's not not to my taste or something. It's just. Wow, horrible. And all we can picture is the master distiller whose name is on it just going, I could care less. I'm, <laughs> I'm retiring in six months. Screw y'all. Just pour it in a bottle and say we're done. Because <laughs> you're like, really? This is this is your... you, And then you read the notes and they're like, this is the most amazing thing you'll ever taste. And you're just like, no, it's not. It's not even freaking close. Yeah, personally speaking, antiseptic as a note in, in my scotch is not something I particularly care for. But then again, there are people who drink scope. So <laughs> I've uh, seen turpentine as a tasting note. And I'm like, that should be a no. <laughs> you know, there should be a good tasting notes, bad tasting notes. And if you get turpentine and antiseptic and, you know, pencil eraser, I'm like... I don't eat pencil eraser. No, no, that's a perfect scotch for someone who teaches shop. <laughs> Fair enough. It says the faint undertaste of, of Elmer's. <laughs> oh, God. And, and, I can, and I'm getting some sawdust. Just a hint of varnish. And yeah. oh, oh, oh. Burned drill motor. <laughs> <laughs> when I drink this, I think of a screaming student who didn't watch where their thumbs were. <laughs> Ah, brings good times. times. Well, if I had to um, rate this one, and you do, and I do, because that's one of the things we do here. Um, I'm I'm gonna say that um, you know, three point three. I have nothing really negative to say about it. It was pleasant, but it's not. Anything earth-shattering or overwhelming. It was just a nice, enjoyable scotch. So, 3-3? Three, three? Yeah. I, I would say for me, it's uh, it's about a 3-8. If I were rating it for someone else, particularly for someone who drinks scotch, mm-hmm. I'd probably drop down to about a 3.5. Um, this just happens to hit some of my personal you know, scotch kinks. Fair enough. That's, that, that's one... With Brit, yeah. Um, this was better than average. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's special. Um, so somewhere between three and three and a half, I'm just trying to figure out how much above your base, like Fittick and and Livet, I want to put this. It is it is definitely above. I, I'm honestly thinking Parents three three is is pretty much spot on. I'm going to agree with him. Now, now that we've rated, I'm curious. How does this land in price? Um, I think it was a 60 or a 65. It, it's, oh, it's, nice. not, it's not terribly bad. Um, it's possible that the 15 is closer to the 18 than, than the um, 12 than I remember it, so maybe it's a 70. Um, but I, I want to say it was only about a, a 60 or 65 when, when we bought it, not taking the sale into consideration. Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. I mean, that's that's a, a completely enjoyable scotch. 
And I accidentally bought a second bottle of that one because I forgot that we already had one from the year before's purchases when I bought for this last year. Because I did not take inventory first like an idiot. Well, that's all right. We know you're an idiot. But that means it'll be at Convergence. Uh, so those of you who can time travel uh, are aware that... Uh, Thursday at 10 o'clock, we did a Scotch and Cigars tasting in the Smoker's uh, Paradise, so uh, if you made it, good for you. If you didn't, uh, we're going to time travel thing. Because <laughs> this is going up on the first. So. So this is the Brulati or Brulach. We, we, had, we had a friend of ours. Brulach? Q. Uh, he's from Glasgow, and he Pronounced many things for us. Well, but then he's pronouncing them in Glaswegian, which is not exactly. Well, he wasn't speaking Glaswegian. Okay. <laughs> he did. I mean, I'm well aware that Glaswegian is its own. It's it's it marches to its own drummer. <laughs> yeah. And then drummer is drunk out of his mind. Um, this is the Isla Barley Rockside Farm, an unpeated single malt. So it's an Isla that pretends it's not. Yeah. I really like the color of it. Yeah, so... Very pale. Very pale. Nicely not artificially colored. Mm-hmm. Now, I did this one to half-spite Dave. <laughs> because he tasted this one with me. Um, so so every year uh, in mid-November when Top Value does their 50% off single malt sale, uh, they do a tasting. And, and Dave was again able to make it up for a little while. Uh, this pour was part of the tasting, and he enjoyed it. In addition to the fact it was a brulotti, he enjoyed it. Wow. And so we're doing the brulotti he enjoyed when he's not here, because he's I'm not here. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and because the original plan I had was to do uh, a Kalila that I picked up. Uh, unfortunately, I saw that was a cask strength, and I decided I did not want to do that tonight. So... We're doing this instead. Dave, I, I will make sure you get a, a, a taste of this again if you would like, but... <laughs> I, I'm noticing that Kelly has the same expression I do of, is there a nose? Oh, it, it's, it's, it's a great It's nose. briny, iodine Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm getting that, but I'm not getting very much. I mean, it's... Well, I'm not getting anything else. But it's not a terribly... For me, it's not terribly strong. It's... Yeah. Mm, see, I'm, I'm getting a uh, little honey... Touch of vanilla, some salt. Um, Varnish pencil eraser, my left foot. Okay, that's fascinating. I, I, I cleared my, my, my sinuses with the coffee and it went away. I had a pretty, pretty decent iodine to start, but gone now. See, I'll, I'll give you the, the, the salt could come off as a little briny. Yeah, and I'm... I'm sorry to say, I'm, I got, when you said briny, I went, yeah, I can see the briny, or smell the briny. And I'm just not getting very much of anything. And it may just be that my nose is a little, a little stuffy, but. See, oddly, I did the reset, and now the nose is harder to get at. Yeah, the, the reset, and it just went away. Hmm. So, so the coffee actually kind of undoes being able to, to get this one, which is. Interesting. Backwards from usual. Yes, well, brulotti. Brulotti, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking exactly the same thing. If you've had mixed experiences with brulotti. Okay. <clears throat> not, not always good ones. 
Um, not always bad ones, but... Dave mostly has not rated them well. I've rated them mostly just this side of neutral. Um, and I honestly can't even remember how I've rated them. And you, you've been fairly neutral with them. Yeah. Um, I don't think I generally... Slightly less than average. Yeah, but not... It's been typical. Not that Um, I hated them or anything. With the notable exception, uh, Brulotti Waves did relatively well. Um, And then uh, the Black Art... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, no, the Octomore. The Octomore did well. The Black Art was overpriced as hell. Um, But the Octomore was was really good. Wow. This one's a little punchy. Yeah. It makes itself known. Not unpleasantly so, but... What's the percent? I'm looking. Uh, this one's a 50. Oh, well, there you go. So it's it's not quite cast strength, but it's up there. Actually, for this, it probably is cast oh. strength. But and, and it does specify coloring free. Yep. So there you go. I'm almost getting no front-end flavor. I'm getting a little bit of back-end flavor. Front-end, all I'm getting is the... The burn. It's a nice burn. Yeah. Oh, it's, that's all I'm getting. I enjoyed the, the drink, but it, it nothing... On the palate and finish, I'm getting some grass clipping. I know that yeah. sounds weird, but there's, there's almost a sweetness. Oh, there's definitely a sweetness. But... The, it, the, it's a nice, nice burn to the tongue. It's a nice tingly burn. Um, I would give it a honey sweetness. Yeah, yeah. On the palate, I can, I can go with that. Um, maybe just after, after it sits for a while, it morphs from honey into a little bit of molasses for me. I'm picking up on the finish of more of the brine that you, mm-hmm. you got. Um, for for being fifty percent, it's surprising. Well, you definitely pick up the burn. It's surprisingly smooth. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel the need to punch the wall or anything. It it, it, it doesn't do any good warming for me though. It's just it, it's a drink, but I don't get the warming that I would really like with this. It's all, yeah, I'm getting all mouth warming. None mm-hmm. of them. Sort of the, yeah, the, the whoosh that you can get where you're like, oh, I want to drink this on a cold winter's day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see what happens, though. Yeah, I'm definitely getting a serialness in the finish. It's you know, yeah. It's, it's it's like I had a bowl of Lucky Charms, and that aftertaste is still sitting there, only without the marshmallows. They, <laughs> magically delicious. There needs to be a Scottish equivalent. Grumpy Charms. <laughs> I don't know. Tossin <laughs> um, charms. They're they're magically telephone polio, uh, or maybe not. I'm still just trying to. It feels like it. There should be a lot more taste to it than there is. Yeah, it's um. Getting a hint of white fruit too. Really, what kind of white fruit? Uh, it's generically white fruit. That's why I can't narrow it down. I, if, if I got something, I would have said it. Sure, it's not an apple. It's somewhere between an apple and a pear. So uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that it's white fruit. Okay, the water brings up a little more nose. Yeah. Um, 
I'm definitely getting more uh, some some alcohol, and then also some some salt. Yeah. What I think it was brainy. Yeah. 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 The sweetness has taken a hit. The salty sea air is definitely I, I the major note now. I expect to hear seagulls and some creaking now. Maybe smell of fish. Mm-hmm. Well, I touched enough water that the, um, the heavy burn on the tongue has gone away. Yeah. So it's... The, the, the briny is really heavy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's no alcohol burn at all. I'm still getting a touch, but yeah, comparatively. Oh, I might have put in a little more water. Obviously, yeah. Um, very little finish. Well, now I take that back. It's got the the briny finish, maybe a little malt. It got shorter for me, certainly. Um, where the the, the the sitting cereal aftertaste of mm-hmm. Lucky Charms thing that I was talking about, it's still there, but now it's flash in the pan comparatively. It, this does not sit nearly as long with it wet. Here's a, a not unpleasant bitter note now. Uh, walnut. Yeah. That's... Yes. I'm getting definitely a walnut kind of... Yeah, because it's both the bitter note and it mm-hmm. evaporating super quick, like um, mm-hmm. kind of the way rubbing alcohol will if you get a little bit of mm-hmm. your and and then also the the front end of the the walnut is is to where I'm is what I'm feeling the uh, malty. It's not really malt, but it's kind of a nutty, which is where the walnut came from. But I kind of I mean I'm enjoying this, but it's kind of a one note. Not, not it's, it's it's simple and straightforward. Yeah, it's not unpleasantly so. It's just. And then maybe there's layers of complexity here that I mean you could slowly tease out, but I would cheerfully drink it if someone else was buying it for me. Mm-hmm. Or that I would seek it out. This was a relatively cheap roulade again, so this was maybe a fifty-five, sixty. I think it's a little different, which I like. I mean, it's it's a it's a little off the beaten path of most scotches, so I'm enjoying that aspect of it. But there's really not a whole lot else about it to sink my my teeth into. Yeah, it's it's a it's really nice for glass. It'd probably be really nice for five or six. I don't know that I would want to spend the whole bottle on. Mm-hmm. I could very much see bringing this to a tasting as, hey, here's something a little bit different. Enjoy, mm-hmm. and everybody gets a taste. And I'd be more than happy to let someone who thought it was great take it home. Um, let's see, 2007. So, do they mean it's? Well, it's got a year profile, but it's not. If that was the, if that was the um, year that it was. Uh, put in barrels that would have made it an eight-year. Yeah, which or a seven or an eight, which would surprise me because it's a little smoother than I would have expected for an eight, but that's believable. Oh, there we are. Oh, oh, wow. Aged six years. Six. All right. Yeah. 
bought, okay, distilled in 2007, bottled in 2013, aged six years in oak casks. Hmm. I would be interested in seeing where this goes in another ten years. For six years, that's really quite good. Yeah. I would not have expected a six-year to have that much smoothness to it, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, this, is, this has certainly got more smoothness to it than the um, the Kilkeman of a similar age that mm-hmm. we've had. That also kind of explains why it's 50%. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> the Angels have not had much share yet. Um, yeah. Interesting. I'm glad I got to try it. I have no desire to run out and buy a buy a bottle. Yeah, I like it. I don't really need any more. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for those of you listening at home, it has a distinct container. Not only the Brulati metal, the Brulati metal, but it is I don't know what color would you describe this as? Orangey yellow, bug gut orange, goldenrod. It's a really sad sort of yellow-orange. It doesn't quite know which it is, and yeah. that makes it sad. Well, no, it's yellow. Like I said, I, 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 would, I would call it a goldenrod. That's too orange to be a... If it were yellow, I'd probably enjoy it more. Maybe it's a goldenrod three days after you pull it. <laughs> Dead goldenrod. Yeah, that works for me. There we go. We've discovered the new color. Um, or or, or is that what, 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 what's that color that I can never remember out of the crayon box? Um, burnt umber. Yeah. No, it's it's a little. Or is, that, is that or is it burnt Sierra? Sienna. 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 There we go. This is burnt this is golden rod. Burnt golden rod. This is the color that when your child loses it out of the crayon box, you go, "Well, it's probably for the best." <laughs> <laughs> but you will find it. You will be able to note where it is on the shelf. Yes. There will be no. It's a color not like any other. So, do you have any desire to uh, do the pretentious reading? Oh, and it's there is no standard for pretentious reading. You can read. Let me see if I, I if I, if I can. Or should we vote first? Do you want to vote first? Um, no, we should read first. Okay. Wow, we, there's lots. All right. Well, you don't have to read the whole thing if you don't want, but it's totally up to you. I, I will. I will compliment them on their their copy being at least all in the same font at the same size. It's impossibly small, but it is at least all the same size. All right. Mark and Rohe's French and their family farm 2,500 acres at Rockside on the wild west coast of the Rins of Ila for over a quarter of a century. They raise cattle, grow barley, and keep horses for their riding school on land that is also carefully managed to preserve ideal habitat for rare birds and plants. Optic, a premium variety of barley for malting and distilling single malt whiskey, was planted in the rich marine loams of the big minister's field at Rockside. Sowed in the spring, it grows well during the long daylight hours of the Scottish summer, ripens in autumn, and develops a short, stiff straw to stand up in the face of salt-laden wind that drive in off the Atlantic. Gila, the most fertile of the Hebrides, was once home to 20 distilleries. 4,000 acres of land was manually reclaimed by great human effort to grow malting barley. Later, more modern distilleries required even larger volumes, and these were imported by Puffer. Puffer? Puffins? 
I have no idea. A fish? <laughs> One grain at a time, the puffer fish have brought it over. Well, local production ultimately ceased after World War I. The link was lost. Our aim and our mission is once again to source as much barley as possible for Mila. Today, ten farms grow for us on the island, providing a wide variety of identical terroir that is fascinating to experience, intriguing to taste, and unprecedented in the industrialized world of Scotch whiskey. We have a passionate belief in our barley, no mere commodity. It is the essential raw material of single malt whiskey. From this cereal, the most flavor-complex spirit in the world is made for us. It is the living expression of the land that gave birth to it, of the terroir that influences its growth and of men who nurtured it. A uniquely fascinating exploration of the influence of terroir on artisanal single malt whiskey. This micro-provenance takes us far from the usual territory occupied by commercial distillers. But we believe it's important, once again, land and dram united. Well, I was waiting for it to be this particular grain was named Jeremy. <laughs> it lived at the following GPS coordinates. It was a happy grain before we plucked it and fermented it. Well, um... It doesn't tell you much about the uh, actual whiskey. No. Nothing. No. Um, unchill filtered coloring free um yeah yeah there's there's a it, it's better after the pretentious reading it <laughs> see uh let's see it yeah it it has no oh they believe in the soul of the artisan well that's good to know uh it's very informative as to be uh <laughs> Oh, well that explains the salt. I the tears of the artisan who cried over the Yeah, well, uh, you know, it, I guess it's better than cork dorkery vaguely to just go have some scotch. It's got grain. <laughs> we love our grain. It's special grain. <laughs> this grain is my best friend. <laughs> so so I, I I feel like the prologue about the grain was, was successful. Yeah. But it needs to tell the story. <laughs> there's no there's no character arc. <laughs> uh, you introduce the grain, but then I don't know where it went. How is it transformed? How would it fit into Game of Thrones? It would die. <laughs> that's that's true. I by the way, I have I now have a new theory about Game of Thrones. All right. When it the series is over, and it's the last episode, there will be a either one of two things: a horrible plague that will kill everyone. Literally, everyone. And literally everyone dies. Or the Winter Walkers stage a. I don't even know what's going to happen with them, but suddenly they stage a comeback, and everyone dies. <laughs> you're you're seeing the the theme here. But, I mean, I, I think it's within the theme of the show to be like, and, by the way, here's the, here's the epilogue. Everyone's dead. No one lives. Ha! Or, Take that audience. Or, or, I can see George doing that. <laughs> or, 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 or Tyrion wakes up and says, I have had the strange dream. <laughs> no, that would be Bob Newhart. 
Tommy Lord wakes up. <laughs> and he's in bed with the nearest. <laughs> that, okay, I would watch that episode. <laughs> um, I'm going to leap on, on rating that one. Uh, it's, it's a hard rating because I enjoyed it. But it's as as you were saying, I'm not gonna run out and and grab it or drink it a whole lot. It's it's interesting, but I'm just gonna say three. It's right in the middle. I mean, it's got good points, but there's nothing really outstanding about it, and so eh. I, I'd say three as well. I I would probably rate it a little bit lower if it weren't a six here. I, I mean, I think it's I think it's you yeah. know. Pretty, pretty, pretty good for a six year. It's it's I'm doing well. I'm by your child there. <laughs> uh, I, I I think if it weren't for the fact that it's a six year, I might also have given it a three. But because it's just a six year, I gotta give it a little edge more. I'm gonna give it a three one. Because <laughs> um, this, 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 this wasn't quite as good as the last one. I mean that, that that's, no, that, that's a given. Um, I like the fact that it was simple. It did. Not a lot, but it did the not a lot in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it wasn't drowning in the salt, so I mean, Dave would not have been sounding his foghorn, but it was it was a brulotti. Although that is funny when he does it. I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm missing out here. Yeah. Um, so I, as far as it goes, uh, there's probably one or two. Um, I mean, definitely the waves and the Octomore were better than this. Um, I'd have to go back and look. Um, but for the this, this was this was a, a well received Brulotti as far as I'm yeah, concerned. I, I would be really interested though to see what happens over the next, you know, when it comes out. Do they have a twelve year, fifteen? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to see this at a normal age. Um, because that we see our scotches in. I mean, for all I know, at another six years, it's horrible. Right. It loses anything, any of its character. But my my guess is this is whatever, however they look at this as different. It is six years. It's not, you know, well, we have it, we've been aging it 15 years, but we didn't really like it, so we're going to take the <laughs> six year and add a little 15 to it to and claim it six, which is usually what they do. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they usually, they usually take a whole bunch of 12 and then, like, dribble three drops of 15 in it and call it done. But I'm just bitter. So, um... Did you, did you, uh, oh, you know what we forgot? What did we forget? Well, during, during the pour, which usually with four people, oh, I think yeah. it takes longer, we should have, like... Tell us a story. Tell us a story. Tell us something interesting. Amuse us! Thanks <laughs> for us, guest monkey. I mean... <laughs> All right. Um, I think I have the perfect story for this. Um, I, I... I am celebrating something right now, which I come to, I, I'm, I'm calling the the Mount Everest of trolling, actually. Ooh. Um, so Lynn Thomas, who is a former Convergence Guest of Honor, uh, is my archivist over at Northern Illinois University. And for many years, one of my sports has been, what horrible thing can I put in my archives that will make Lynn's life difficult? <laughs> because, you know, that's awesome. Right. You know, write things down on the back of a cocktail napkin, that's pretty good. You, you, you want to come up with good stuff. So, the, the, the ultimate goal here... Okay, no one will ever beat the great, late, great Jay Lake, because uh, Le- Jay sent her a slice of his colon when it was resectioned. <laughs> so, so, so Jay is the champion, I'm, I'm just competing for, for the silver medal. 
Um, but the thing that I've been trying to uh, eventually foist off, or I need to, need to keep it for a while, is a jar of red currant jelly that expired in 1987. <laughs> okay. So, in 1989, I went off to do the Arizona Renaissance Festival, and I was leaving my apartment behind. I got a friend to come in and house it for me. And there was a big difference in the way he was using my apartment from the way I was using my apartment, because I lived next door to both my parents and my grandmother. So the kitchen for me was mostly theoretical, because if I wanted to eat, I would just walk down the back stairs, wouldn't walk over to my grandmother's place, and she would fix food for me. Why would I, why would I make food for myself? That's a fair, that's a fair thing. Right, so the, the refrigerator was pretty much, you know, you stick a 12-pack in there once in a while, and, and the oven was where I kept the cat food, because the cats <laughs> couldn't open it. But so I, Chris goes off and, and gets food while I'm, I'm leaving, and he enters the apartment under the, the foolish assumption that if there's a refrigerator, the things in it are probably food. So, so the first thing that he does is he opens the fridge and he gets ready to unpack his, his lettuce and things. And he opens up the crisper and in the bottom of the crisper... So if any of you have been to a Renaissance Festival, they used to have these uh, candle shops. And they would have the candles with the dragon and the wizard. And there are these horrible greens and purples. So I'd gotten one of these, but I ended up leaving it in the sun. And it had folded over and melted into a heap. And it, like, oh, it's melting. I must cool it down. So I threw it in the crow. You know, it's too late at that point. At that point, it's just throw the thing away. Instead, I stuck it in the crisper and forgot that it existed. <laughs> so Chris walks in. What you do? Right. <laughs> and he opens the crisper. And there's this horrible green and purple and gold amorphous mass. And after a few minutes, he, he, he gets up the courage to get a fork and he pokes it. And he's like, okay, it's pretty solid. <laughs> it's not a fluid. I, I, can, I can probably put some gloves on and pull it out. He was never able to identify it. But after that, he was suspicious. <laughs> Reasonably so, I will have to say. And he did a quick search of the rest of the fridge. And in one of the, uh, the little folding things in, in, the, in the door... He found a, a jar of red currant jelly, craft red currant jelly. Now this was um, February of 1989. And he looked at the red currant jelly, and it says, "Best if sold by April 18th, 1987." <laughs> <laughs> that would be more then. So he just very quietly put it back in the fridge, with the "Okay, I'll ask Kelly when he gets home." So I'm. This was you know pre-internet and pretty much pre-cell phone, so he couldn't get a hold of me. So it was. Six weeks went by before he saw me again. And he was asking me about this, and I'm like, I didn't put any jelly in the fridge. I don't, I don't think I've ever eaten red currant jelly. Nobody in my I don't know where it came from. <laughs> it's like, it was here when I got here, McCullough. You'd better have an answer for this. And I said, well, okay, here's my theory. It condensed from the stuff of lost left socks and, and, and clothes hangers. Um, or alternatively, it wandered in from a different timeline. So there it would have sat, but about two years went by, and, and my, um, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I were trying to figure out a, a reason to throw a party. It was, it was April, and we're like, hey, let's throw a party. And we could have just sent out invites, but that, that's boring. And I'm like, wait, wait! We're going to be throwing a party on the day that the red currant jelly expired! We must celebrate the exp expiration of the red currant jelly. So we threw the party with the story attached, only we decided to, to emphasize the Cthulhu-esque nature of the thing that had come from another dimension into the fridge, and we made it a party about appeasing the red currant jelly. So people came, and they, they brought it offerings, and, you know, offerings of food, burned candles for it, and over the and we kept doing this over the years. Um, and it, at some point, someone built it a really nice wooden shrine with doors and bead curtains and LED lights. 
That's awesome. It, 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 you know, it's, it's making a tradition. So about six weeks ago, I said, you know, Len keeps saying it's organic and she does, doesn't want it. And besides, it's not really embedded in science fiction history. And I'm only taking stuff, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to embed this, this jelly in science fiction history today. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Lynn will rue the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I got up, and I, I, I sent an email off to, to her husband, Michael, and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I, I woke up with a desire to troll Lynn. So I'm going to write a thousand-word essay on the red currant jelly embedding it in science fictional history. And he chortled, because I was flying it up. I wrote it, and I'm like, this is actually a pretty good essay. So I, I, I emailed again, and I said, hey, uh, I... I I, I just thought you, you would be amused. It actually turned out to be a really good essay. He said, just had an essay drop out for the next issue of Uncanny. Send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so a, a couple weeks go by, and I get an email from Lynn Thomas saying, we would like to purchase your, uh, your essay, um, how I accident, uh, The Momentum of Meth, How I Accidentally Deified a Jar of Red Currant Jelly. So that will be out. Um, I got my author's copies today, so it will be out next week. So... I just got paid by my archivist to troll her in her own magazine. And well done, sir. And the, the, the nice side of it is, you know, that's, that, that, that gets it a little bit. But every time I've told this story, people have been like, oh, how can I add to this? So, uh, like Max Gladstone and, and uh, Amal El Motar, who are going to be guests, Amal's going to be a guest of this year, said, oh, we're going to put it in the, uh, in the novella we're writing right now. And I'm also embedding it in the next novel. Oh, very nice. So, I was going to ask if you were going to like make this a character or oh yeah, or at least well, a I've, backstory. The, the second book, my badger can eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the second book in the series, the 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 aunt who has been the aunt of the lead character who's been dead for many years, um, comes up out of the grave because there's a bunch of disturbance. She comes in to help help her nephew with with his with his with her sister, and she's only going to eat expired foods. I see. Now, has, has Lynn figured out that... that oh, Lynn, no. <laughs> she's like, you bastard. <laughs> oh, I will get you for this. She's well aware. Yeah. My, now, my wife is a librarian, and so I've had... I mean, not only does she know Lynn, but I've had many descriptions of archives and things like that, so um, this is priceless to me. This is... I, I am going to embed it in acrylic or something to stabilize it so that it, 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 will, it will be easier for her to deal with. Mm-hmm. But... Not only right now am I am I spreading the trolling and getting you know have a little glee from it, but I'm also doing my duty as a contributor to Uncanny Magazine by promoting the show. Promoting me no, here. that is Uncanny Eleven. Well, well, you should. Yeah, I you know I'm picturing it now in a in a block of clear rosin, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah the do not do not disturb the rosin, for that which is expired may not die. Oh, nice. Yeah, clearly it's in a... Let's, let's sleep in current slide. They are subtle and quick to anchor. For their expiration dates may not lie. Yeah, currently it's in a, in a bag in the bottom of our fridge. We have, you know, house sitters fairly frequently because we travel. Labeled, do not open, do not throw away. Seriously, you shouldn't even look. Yeah. <laughs> Is this this entire time in the back of my brain, Hitchhiker's fan, that I am? It's like... Does the jar fear the coming of the Great White Hanky? <laughs> but if you look, roll D12, loss of sanity. Much. One one does not gaze upon the red currant jelly without there being a price. I need to find an artist 
and do a card for um, Arkham Horror as one of the villains. I I strongly suspect that if I don't know a particular artist, who would probably do this. He he is also a guest of honor <laughs> this year at Convergence. Mm. Oh. Um, if Mr. Jones is not interested, I'm sure that he knows other artists who would be. I can uh, see Mr. Kavala doing this too. <laughs> yeah. I actually, oh my god, Red Current Jelly needs to be a munchkin, um, card? A munchkin card. Oh, that would rock. He would do it too. Uh, or Slack. Red Current gel- Jelly should his cube? Uh, <laughs> yeah, attack I, with Red Current Jelly? Yeah, I can see Chris doing it just for the joy of trolling Lynn. Yeah. Or, yeah. or it, 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 Poison Ally, and it's just a character offering some jam for the. <laughs> Very nice. Would you like some jam? Oh, God, now I'm picturing the old, um, um, MS, not MST3K, uh, Second City, uh, the one with Great White North. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Second uh, City. Second, yeah. Would you, but their TV show. Would you like some red currant jam? <laughs> you ever, did you ever see those? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, God. Would you like some syrup? Doug and Bob and Doug. The Bob and the Doug McKenzie's. McKenzie's. But the show was... It was, it was... it was part of the Second City television, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it had a... What was that? SCTV. SCTV. That was yeah. the part I couldn't remember. Um, my brain kept going CCTV, and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> that's closed-circuit television. Um, so... Um, Toast. Well, well done. Well Thank done, you. sir. I very much enjoyed that story. Um, anything to flog? Uh, convergence is happening, and if you're not there, it's time, time travel, travel, damn it! Yeah, work, work, work on that. Find your TARDIS and join us. Um, yeah, there's nothing particularly different coming up for Fearless. Uh, we've got our uh, second Tuesday and third Thursday shows. That's the Fearless Lab and Double Blind Improv. Um, if you want to try to come and catch PowerPoint karaoke again, that will be at Convergence. Uh, failing that, uh, I think because we're doing Convergence, we're not doing another show until August. Um, although I would have to check with Bill on that because I, I don't happen to have that information in front of me. The Steitler? Yes, the Steitler. Uh, former guest of the show, Bill Steitler. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I don't have anything particularly exciting coming up other than finally having some free time with Convergence over. So, yay. <laughs> I have nothing to flog. I live a boring life, except I have a four-year-old, which means I win. Yeah, Just because yeah. she, you know... You have an awesome four-year-old. I do, I do. Her middle name is Danger. Legally. Oh, excellent. Yes, Danger is her middle name. <laughs> but uh, she... I was trying to describe Monkey Ball, the game, ah. to her. And from the back seat as we're driving, I hear, Wait, wait, wait. There's a monkey in a ball? <laughs> Is it is it a picture of a monkey? No, no, it's a it's a monkey. A real monkey? Well, no, it's an animated monkey. Has she not seen it, Bolt? What? No, she has, but it just for some reason the concept of a monkey and a ball not. blew her mind. But it was the wait, wait, wait. There's a monkey in a ball. What can you say? And do you have any? Oh yeah, I would. I would be remiss to not mention um, the next podcast I will be on, which is Geeks Without God at mm-hmm. Convergence. And my editor would very much like me to make a note that the paperback of School for Sidekicks, my middle grade 
superhero novel will be out in paperback on August 2nd. Woohoo! Yay! Help what? me off the streets <laughs> by lots. <laughs> yes, please keep him off the streets. Um, what age range is it best? I mean, obviously, I mean, I read young adult all the time because I am a young adult. It, it's middle grade, so I believe it's uh, it's technically optimized for like ten to fourteen year olds. But I've I've been getting really good reviews from people like Publishers Weekly as adults will read it too. So. Okay. I just think from 10 and up, basically. Okay. I just don't know, A, what middle school is these days, as that is a Minnesota thing and, you know, not a California thing where I grew up. So. I just write the books and they tell me where they're going to market them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Did, did you have a toast or did you want us to do a, a toast? Sir. Keeping your reds current <laughs> and your trolls high. Here, here.